0: Love, talk, radio. You've just joined Robert Rogers at Parkinson's Recovery. I have a most exciting program for you today. And I must say it reminds me of being a professor for 20 years. I've spent all week preparing for this uh, class, so to speak, or this program that's going to last about an hour and a half. I have what I think is revolutionary news for you about what I have suspected now for a while is a key and a primary factor that I think is aggravating many of the symptoms that people experience who are diagnosed with Parkinson's. So I am totally excited about what I'm about to talk about. I want to give you the big picture first. Uh, and if I get into the detail and the science of what I'll be talking about, you will better understand where we're headed. The big picture is the following. We've determined that the key factor that is aggravating the symptoms of Parkinson's turns on the issue of thought forms. And so I've spent the last six months uh, developing some materials and information that address that as the primary issue. It's really at the foundation, it's the key. What we now know is there are uh, specific feed thoughts that drive symptoms of any illness, and specifically, of course, what we're interested in is identifying the seed thoughts for individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. So thoughts are where it is at, and uh, I'm excited to announce today that I am finally releasing, after promising this to you now for about two or three months the Five Steps to Recovery desktop copy, as well as the meditations, the 34 meditations that I've recorded to uh, support uh, the book, the desktop book, uh, Five Steps to Recovery. And that book really uh, has the primary theme of uh, transforming negative thought forms into positive thought forms so that healing can occur now. The idea is that you don't have to wait years for this to evolve once those thought forms are released, that don't need to be present anymore, and transformed into the positive thoughts uh, that we carry with us moment to moment. By Jove, it happens. Healing happens now, not next month, not two years, not ten years. It happens now. So that work, the five steps to recovery work, has has truly enthused my energies about writing about research. It has really reborn my curiosity uh, about what can really make a difference for thousands and thousands and millions and millions of individuals who are diagnosed uh, with the symptoms of Parkinson's. Now, the second theme today is a theme that many of you are probably wondering, why is this guy talking about this? That's not any big deal. The theme that I'm going to talk about that's coupled with the issue of thought forms is yeast infections in the body. I'm talking about a more formal term of candida infections. That's a huge label for about 85 or 90 different varieties of yeast infections that uh, we get inside our body. So candida is a very large term for basically yeast And to be very clear, where does this yeast come from? Well, if you're like me and love to eat bread, that's the answer. Any bread product is going to typically uh, have the ingredient of yeast. And many processed products in grocery stores have yeast as an ingredient. Just look at the ingredients. Pick up a few processed products in a grocery store, begin reading the ingredients, and It'll come as no surprise that one of the common ingredients that is placed into products in grocery stores is yeast. Now, candida on its face is not something bad for our bodies. The fact is that our bodies actually need candida, and get this, candida actually helps our bodies remove heavy metals. So in the case of Parkinson's, there's an interesting connection between being uh, uh, in fear, the the feeling of of having... uh, um, a situation where you're not feeling safe, uh, that then tends to retain heavy metals in the body because that's the body's way of being able to help us stay here on the earth, alive and thriving and well, as, or at least as well as we can. But then as it turns out, uh, that accumulation of heavy metals tends to also uh, attract uh, uh, an overgrowth of yeast. Uh, So it's a vicious cycle. Uh, As we get the more uh, heavy metals accumulating in our body because uh, we're in fear, uh, then uh, what we wind up doing is eating a lot of uh, sugary products, which feeds the yeast, and we also eat a lot of bread and comfort foods that also creates a huge overgrowth in uh, the body. So the argument that I'm going to give to you, and I want to be clear, I haven't done research on this, and there is a relatively little existing research out there in the Parkinson's literature at present. The argument is the following, candida, or that, that is yeast infections, is the initiating causal agent that is responsible for many Parkinson's symptoms. Now, I say initiating because, remember, the primary issue turns on thought forms, so we can address candida, but we have to back up one step and also address thought forms in order for the candida overgrowth issue in the body to be resolved. Now, what I want to do is to proceed with a specific explanation of why I now believe that candida is a primary factor that's causing havoc with the symptoms of many people who are diagnosed with Parkinson's. And let me say that a lot of this information I actually acquired thanks to a listener from last week who sent me a reference to a scientific article that was published uh, in, in 2006, uh, arguing just as I had argued last week, that fungus infections are uh, very possibly a factor that's uh, a primary causal agent for the symptoms of Parkinson's. I want to make a confession. Uh, last week, I really felt as though I was a bit flying at, at, at the seat of my pants, in that uh, I was not aware of anyone else out there in the research literature who was making the argument that I was making. But lo and behold, uh, there are a couple of people uh, from uh, Bratislava in Slo- Slovakia. Uh, their names are Epp and Moravec, who have published a, a theoretical argument for the connection between candida and the symptoms of Parkinson's. So, hallelujah, there is somebody else out there in the world. That, is, uh, that really has formulated the very same argument that I'm, I'm offering to you today. So I, I'm not standing alone. I'm standing with at least a couple of other people who are saying the same thing. Now, the argument is really compelling. Now, so, so for those of you that want some scientific detail, that's about where I'm going to go here for the next five minutes. Candida produces up to, get this, 50... That's F I F T Y, 50 known toxins in the body. It's a rather devilish substance, to be sure. Now, one of these toxic substances that this yeast overgrowth candida causes in our bodies is named acetaldehyde. Now, people with overgrowths of candida in their body have elevated levels. Of acetaldehyde in their gastrointestinal tract, that's just a byproduct of that overgrowth of yeast infection. Now hold that thought for a minute, and now I want to lead you to a second uh, research finding from the Parkinson's literature. A toxin that is internally generated by the body, this is internally, this is not an external toxin, this is an internal toxin that's a normal function of how the body works, is called salsolenol Salsolenol is synthesized from dopamine and, get this, acetaldehyde. Okay, so there you have it. Acetaldehyde is a primary factor which is interacting with dopamine, the natural production of dopamine in our bodies, which creates this toxic substance called salisose, uh, l- linol, and that turns out to be the primary culprit that's creating the problems. Now, acetaldehyde again is not a kind of substance that is a substance that our body doesn't need to have. It is removed. Uh, from the body very naturally through an oxidative process that is primarily found in the liver. Now, when the levels of this acetaldehyde get too great, the acetaldehyde gets into the bloodstream, and that then creates elevated levels of this. Toxin uh, that creates problems with the symptoms of Parkinson's, elevated levels of salsolinol which, which have been identified in people with Parkinson's as being significantly elevated. Now salsolinol is found in cerebral spinal fluids and it is found in the urine of individuals who are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. That connection is absolutely incredible, if you ask me. It's the connection that the authors of the theoretical argument have made. It is a compelling evidence. And one of the uh, strange uh, curiosities is, why is it that no one else really identified this? And I think it is because it's the kind of presence that no one suspected. It's like uh the uh, old story of the, uh, the, the the Troy of the huge horse that was put behind the enemy lines and nobody knew that the soldiers were actually inside. It's something that we don't actually see. I should tell you my own personal uh perception of Candida over the many years has been the following. My perception has been, oh, candida. Yeah, yeah, I know about that. That's a that's a yeast kind of an infection. Okay, that's that's no big deal. I get a little jock itch from that, um, and women have vaginal uh, uh, problems because of yeast infections. Uh, but you know, it's just yeast. It's no big deal. Uh, I'll itch a bit, and I'll be better. It's no big deal, and I thought that way for many, many years. Now, I have a rather fascinating personal story to give to you about what I have discovered Candida has done to me personally. It's a compelling story, and I believe it's a story that will be modeled by many other people who have the symptoms of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Parkinson's. Now. Uh, Candida, I want to say a little bit more about Candida because I know many of you are not uh, familiar with exactly what it is and how its growth is promoted in the body. Now, Candida initially starts out as a yeast overgrowth in the intestines and in the mucous membranes. It's uh, caused by, uh, for me, I want to put a personal note in, primarily by ingesting a lot of sugar. Uh, I love a pumpkin pie with whipped cream. I, I love um, uh, certain kinds of dairy ice creams that I know now no longer eat. I love chocolate. There certain sugars that I think are so totally yummy. But it's also aggravated and caused. And, again, I'm talking about an overgrowth of this fungus. Is caused by a long-term use of antibiotics. Huge factor. It's also caused by cortosteroids. It's caused by long-term use of oral contraceptives. And again, it's caused and promoted by a diet. Uh, the yeast infections—they—they uh, they thrive on carbohydrates and sugar. So when we eat those kinds of foods, we are feeding the candida in our bodies. Now, I want to tell you another myth that I held in my body about uh, candida. What I thought was the case is that um, candida kind of hangs around in the intestines, but, you know, that's it. It doesn't go anywhere else, so I wasn't particularly worried about it. Well, once candida gets to a critical mass, in other words, when it becomes an overgrowth it replaces the normal, healthy gut flora. That's the first thing it does, so we're not just digesting the food. Now, I know that many of you are taking uh, supplements that are great ideas. They're food for the body. There are many different supplements that uh, many people that I've interviewed with Parkinson's tell me uh, give them great relief. But the problem is if, if your gut does not have that healthy gut flora, there's not going to be much digestion of what you're putting in your body. You may be spending $30 a day for supplements, but that's just going out the other end because your gut doesn't have the flora that it needs. And why? Because the candida ate it all up. Now, when it finishes with that, the candida isn't satisfied, and then it leaks into the blood stream. That means, folks, and so hold on to your seats if you didn't know this, the candida fungus then travels throughout our bodies. That stuff goes everywhere, and let me say, into the brain. I mean, this fungus is everywhere in our bodies when it gets to be an overgrowth. Now, I'm going to give you a, a story in a bit about my own personal situation with Uh, with Candida, and I'll explain how it was physically manifested in my body. Now, I I just want to remind everybody, my mother had Parkinson's, died of complications from Parkinson's. My uncle died just several weeks ago of Parkinson's. I'm going to the funeral in Casper, Wyoming uh, at the end of May. So my family has been profoundly affected by Parkinson's. I don't personally have the symptoms of Parkinson's, but in order to be able to better understand about Candida and also after recognizing the impact it's had on me personally, I have uh, forged a a full-scale attack of the Candida in my own body. Now, as if that's not enough. This is a yeast infection that we know is connected to a lot of factors and symptoms that are present for people with Parkinson's. I'm going to give you some other symptoms a little bit later in the program that are compelling evidence that yeast overgrowth is a factor that's promoting and aggravating and causing many of the symptoms that people experience uh, who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. But there's another huge issue here, and it's actually the biggest issue that's overlooked by pretty much everyone. We're not just talking about yeast here. We're not just talking about fungus. And by the way, uh, these little yeast uh critters they remember they're they're living critters this is not dead material in our bodies these are living organisms they colonize these guys are not working independently you know these guys are not like professors at universities that don't talk to anybody else these guys network they're like young people they have cell phones they talk they organize if there's any kind of opportunity like sugar to eat let me tell you they know where to go to get it if there's, any op- if there's any threat, if there's anything going into their body that threatens their survival, these guys talk to each other with their cell phones, and they organize. This is the, the most clever army imaginable. I mean, if, an, if a nation wants to create a defense system... Uh, for their country. I would suggest they all they really have to do to be uh, to to create the most clever defense system imaginable is to see how these fungi operate. I mean, I mean it's it's absolutely incredible. I, I can't I can't believe what I have learned about the power of the communication network of fungus in our bodies. But the big deal, as it turns out, is not the cleverness of this living organism that tends to be overgrowth in our bodies. It is that the presence of an overabundance of candida in our physical bodies also sustains and supports and nurtures our own negative thoughts that we have moment to moment, day in and day out. I know in my head, I've known this for years, I've talked about it in my classes uh, on many, many, many occasions before large audiences. I know that it is incredibly important to have positive thoughts every moment of the day. And I know what they can do in terms of being able to manifest anything that our hearts desire. I know that in my head. But I've also observed how difficult that has been for me personally to maintain positive thoughts in my head and also positive thoughts that I speak moment to moment, day in and day out. I fall into the gutter of negative thinking all the time. I get into this negative thought pattern. One thought starts, and then, boy, the door is open to one negative thought after a negative thought after a negative thought after a negative thought. And my negative thinking can truly be horrendous, I want you to know. Now... I asked myself, why is that? I know that it's important to transform my thoughts. So I went through my entire six month program of of uh, recording meditations to help myself transform my thinking so that I could uh, have positive thoughts. I then uh, diverted that energy to being able to do meditations for individuals with the symptoms of Parkinson's. I wrote uh, material in Five Steps to Recovery about thought forms. I I generated uh, five specific steps. That are all keyed to common knowledge about thoughts. And so I developed and expanded all that material that I'm now releasing in the Five Steps to Recovery work that is just being released today. But as it turns out, as I was doing that work over the last six months, there was this observation that I gave that although my thoughts were being dominated by the positive, I still had the negative thoughts that creeped in, and some of them seemed as though they they tend to stick to me. I mean, I just couldn't unglue myself from negativity uh, on certain moments, on certain days, uh, on, on certain afternoons, on certain evenings. I could release it eventually, but it was as if there was something about the negative thought forms that I couldn't shake. Well, as it turned out, uh, Deborah and I both worked on that for a long time, and we figured out the answer. As it turns out, the candida fungi carry probably the lowest frequency uh, you can imagine in the body. They are a low, low-frequency organism. Now, as you know, everything has a frequency. Everything. Thoughts have frequencies. So positive thoughts have very high frequencies, and negative thoughts have very low frequencies. Candida is an organism in our body. It also has a frequency. Now, I'm not suggesting that the organism think. I'm suggesting that they are associated with a vibrational frequency. Everything in the universe has a, a different vibrational frequency. And as you know, there's a, a huge Growth, a huge industry now that's emerging throughout the world of individuals who are doing energy healing. So the key, as it turns out, is that this candida, these fungi, because I've had an overgrowth and a lifetime of too many antibiotics and many, too many desserts and many, too many carbohydrates, um, the candida has leaked into my brain, into my ears, into my eyes. It's in my toes. And the reality is that it's been throughout my body. That means that I, regardless of how much I may mentally want to have a high frequency that I carry throughout my life, the reality is that I am vibrating physically at a low frequency because those little fungi critters that are crawling all over every tissue of my body have low frequencies So it's really tough to be able to shake that when these little critters are hanging around doing their thing eating whatever sugars i happen to stick into my body and um, and enjoying every minute of it because when i have these negative thoughts i'm reinforcing their ability to thrive and to grow just as cells know how to grow. So the bottom line here is that there is a huge connection, I am arguing, between the presence of fungi in our body. And again, I'm using the word candida as a word for or a yeast but remember it's much more complicated than that there are eighty five or ninety different strains of candida that can be present in not only our intestines but throughout every tissue of our body the connection though is very very dominant with thought forms and the key to being able to uh, ultimately recover completely and fully and be symptom-free from any condition or illness or symptom is to clean up our thoughts so that our thoughts are, are positive rather than negative. And that, that clearly requires a great deal of focus. So having uh, now given you a lot of scientific evidence uh, that may be a bit overwhelming, but by way of working on convincing you that, yes, This is a serious issue, and I'm inviting you to begin to consider this as a possibility for yourself. I want to now briefly switch to the companion issue that, again, I'm arguing is even more compelling. It's a more compelling factor, and that companion issue turns on the five steps to recovery or, more specifically, the power of thoughts to both heal and create disease. So what I want to now do is to play a couple of companion brief meditations. These are a couple of the short meditations that you find in uh, Five Steps to Recovery. Uh, The first meditation uh, is is, uh, addressing the topic of the place of no power. And then I'll, I'll contrast that with a second brief meditation, a recorded meditation, that speaks to the issue of the place of power. Now, both of these meditations are concommitment with uh, the, the first step, which is the, the important step of being able to focus on what it is that you like to see yourself uh, uh, manifest. And, of course, here we're talking about uh, the issue of recovering uh, from the symptoms of Parkinson's. So, the place of no power. Remember a time over the past several days when you were... Wishy washy, a time when you just couldn't decide what to do next. It was a choice of one thing or another or still another, and you found yourself pontificating minute after minute after minute, almost standing still, spinning about, accomplishing nothing because. You could not decide what to do next. Lost where in the land of nowhere. Remember that time. We all have them over the last several days so that it's a recent memory. And connect with the feeling in your body of what it feels like to be wishy, she? Remember where you were when this happened. Remember the circumstance. Remember the challenge. Think about the people who were present, if any. The confusion, the sounds, the challenge, the frustration. Wanted to to do this, couldn't do that. Wanted to do this, couldn't do that. Wishy-washy, wishy-washy. Connect with the feeling now. That feeling is the feeling of low frequency. It's the feeling of no power. It's the feeling that will get you nowhere, because all of the energy has been dissipated into nothingness and inaction. Acknowledge the feeling, for it is familiar to all of us. The feeling of no energy, the feeling of lethargy, the feeling of... I can't decide. Why don't I just take a nap? Remember the feeling. This is not the place to manifest recovery, it is the place to manifest sleep. Now, that's the ending of the recorded meditation. I'm back live. The key here is, as you think, so you become. When something goes wrong in the body, it really is a unique combination of our minds, that is what we think, and our bodies. So let me now take you to a different place. This is, again, a second recorded meditation from the Five Steps of Recovery uh, uh, release. And uh, this is, as it turns out, the companion place. It's the place of power. Remember now a time over the past several weeks when you were sure about what you were doing. A place of clear thinking a place when you made a decision about what needed to be done and you executed that decision without hesitation. Think back. This may have happened in the last hour or yesterday or last week or perhaps even a few weeks ago. Remember that time when everyone around you was confused and indecisive and wishy washy. Remember a time when no one else could make a decision but you. You stepped forward and you made the decision for yourself and for others you took action no hesitation no wishy-washiness no waffling no babble thinking about positives and negatives about this choice or that choice or a list about what's best to do or not to do simply a, de- a decision A firm, a clear, an unequivocal decision to do something, to do anything, a big thing or a little thing. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the feeling of decisiveness. What does that feel like in your body? Feel the energy surge. Feel the power. Feel the life force. This, you see, is the place where recovery happens. I'm now back live. That's the recorded meditation from our uh, Five Steps to Recovery. And can you feel uh, the difference between the frequencies of uh, those two meditations? Uh, The first, conveying the frequencies uh, of the uh, uh, commensurate with the uh, frequencies of the fungi in our bodies, and the second, uh, reflecting uh, the positive thought forms that make recovery possible. I have another alarming uh, uh, fact that I want to give to you about Candida because I'm trying to get your interest up into considering a, the possibility of doing a, uh, a uh, candida cleanse. The, uh, the candida, again, that's uh, a yeast infection or, or fungus in our body, is, as I mentioned earlier, the most clever army imaginable. This particular living entity, this fungi in the form of candida, actually is able to encircle the pathogens and bacteria and viruses in our body and, get this, protect them. It's as if they are a an army that that's placed in our body that we maintain there because of a whole series of negative thought forms, in part, and... If we ever try to uh, do something about uh, excessive infections, bacterial infections, or uh, viral infections, or if we try to uh, uh, get rid of pathogens, uh, those little living critters that get into our bodies uh, uh, from the time we were swimming in little creeks uh, when we were small or even in the oceans today, uh, the fact is that those fungi are right there, they're present, they encircle. Uh, the, the organism, and they protect it. That's why it's so difficult to get rid of the bacteria, and following up in my uh, discussion last week uh, for any threat of flu or any kind of influenza or worldwide threat of disease is it turns out One of the best things you can do is to get the candida under control in your body so that that defense army is suddenly disabled. Now, that's an alarming uh, observation in itself. Uh, Now, I want to say that uh, there are clearly uh, differences of opinion among uh, medical researchers as to whether or not that's true. I want to just go into a place and say intuitively I've heard this uh, argued uh, both from the traditional scientific community and also from uh, intuitives and healers and friends and uh, people whose judgments uh, that I treasure, and I want to I want to tell you, it's right. Uh, this uh, particular uh, creature in our bodies uh, is there to help if it's uh, if it's managed and if it's under control if it doesn't have an overgrowth. But when it gets to have an overgrowth, it can be a true and genuine threat. So negative thoughts can have a compelling energy. Uh, I'm going to now play you another uh, meditation. These are the short meditations from the five steps to recovery. For each of the steps, I have a couple of long uh, meditations, overview meditations. These are the the short daily meditations, and this one comes from the second, second step, of the five steps to recovery. The second step is to uh, clarify out your intention, to detail it out. Uh, so in the book, there's a, a full explanation of what that means for individuals interested in getting relief from, from the symptoms of Parkinson's. But in this particular uh, meditation, the focus is in being able to, uh, to convey uh, what it means to have uh, negative thoughts uh, that we carry in our heads. I invite you now to do a quick survey of the thoughts you have had today until the moment you have started listening to this meditation. Pretend you are listing each and every thoughts you have had since you woke up this morning on an imaginary computer. There will be a very long list, even if you have been up only for a few minutes. So just imagine you are writing a theme paper of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages long. Each and every thought is listed as it was stated in your mind. Scan now these thoughts And make checklists beside each thought that is connected to not wanting to feel the way you're feeling. Not wanting to have the discomfort, the difficulty, the challenge, the pain, the depression, the difficulty moving, the difficulty being able to accomplish any small task the thoughts that say, I don't like this, I don't want this, stop this, this is terrible, is this the way it's going to be always? Check all of those thoughts you have had today that are just like that. I do not, I do not, I do not, I do not. All of those thoughts. Guess what? Most people find there are a lot of Checks on their thought list. In fact, it can consume over 50% of the thoughts that you've had today until this moment. And so, thinking this way, you are giving energy. To maintaining the state that you are in now. When you say you do not want something, the only thing that happens is you reinforce that something continuing to be maintained and even getting worse. I invite you today and the rest of the week To notice each time in your thoughts you say, I do not want. Because in so saying that, you give that activity energy. You say you do not want to have movement problems. That in itself, that thought is a negative thought and that will give energy to ensure that that problem will be sustained and continued. I invite you to notice whenever you use the word do not in your thoughts or even as you vocalize your thoughts to others. Pinch yourself and remind yourself, wait a minute, this just gives all of this energy that I do not want to see happen. Eliminate do not from your vocabulary and you will see a positive shift in your symptoms. That's the end of that recorded meditation from Five Steps uh, to Recovery and it's uh, meditation that uh, builds and supports the second step to recovery which is that step of uh, Clarify. I want to uh, now uh, talk about my own personal situation with uh, Candida uh, because I think it uh, it might resonate with a number of you who uh, very likely have similar symptoms. I have had, uh, since I was a teenager, uh, uh, what I thought were uh, uh, dark speckles on my arms. Uh, I thought, well, I'm a pretty freckledy guy, and uh, and I just accepted that was a part of who I was. Um, lots of black spots. I don't want to say it's disfiguring. I didn't look like a leper by any means, just like I would look uh, like I was a pretty freckly uh, fellow. Um, and uh, second of all, uh, what happened to me about ten years ago uh, was that uh, my my wonderful, uh, incredible wife, uh, mother of our two children, uh, who I was married to for uh, 27 years, died unexpectedly. Um, I fell apart, uh, basically took a sabbatical from my uh, university assignment, uh, and uh, worked on trying to uh, decide whether or not I wanted to hang around the earth anymore. And uh part of my consolation uh during that period was to eat a lot of sweets. Uh every day I was eating either uh cherry pie or chocolate pie or ice cream. And uh what happened uh about three or four weeks uh after she died was I developed uh a, a, a very significant rash. Uh it was uh it was it was it was good because uh, the rash was not on my face or my hands. Uh people couldn't see that I had this uh, itchy rash all over my body, but it was really quite horrible. It was all over my uh, chest and my legs, and it itched uh, like crazy. Uh, I was working as a faculty member uh, at the um, University of Kentucky, and I went to the uh, I have a very fine medical uh, school there. And I, I went to a dermatologist uh, and made, I think, uh, by my count, about twelve visits. And uh, she did every uh, medical test imaginable. I can't imagine how much money was spent on doing test after test cancers, you name it. Nothing turned out as being anything of any significance. She gave me some prescription swabs that temporarily uh, gave some uh, relief. But the reality is that that particular rash uh, was sustained for about a year period of time. Um, I was convinced that uh, it was uh, due to the trauma of Nanette's death and um, that I had a lot of stress in my body and was working, doing a lot of uh, cranial sacral treatments for myself to be able to get relief from that, a lot of energy work. I was going to uh, an energy school to be able to uh, uh, grieve and uh, work through what was a horrible experience for me. Now, what's happened uh, for me off and on is that rash has come back. Uh, somewhat uh, on my legs here and there. It's been nowhere near as as serious as it was after she died, but I've noticed uh, that it'll come back. It'll hang around for a while, then it'll leave. It'll hang around for a while. Very itchy and very uh, scaly. Uh, Now, there is a name for this particular kind of uh, dermatitis that I've identified, which is called S-E-B-O-R-R-H-E-I-C, dermatitis. That uh, is, uh, it looks uh, kind of like uh, just what would be a typical dermatitis. I've looked at a lot of pictures on the Internet this week um, because I know that's that's typically associated with the symptoms of Parkinson's. It can be kind of a a reddish rash around an ear, on the face, uh, on one place of the body or another. For me, it was on my legs, and I had an outbreak uh, uh, just uh, on my chest. Uh, about, uh, well it's been about six or seven weeks ago that was really pretty, pretty serious. Uh, so basically, uh, a rash, uh, uh, I suppose it would be similar to jock itch if you, uh, if you're a man. I'm not sure what the uh, analogy would be if you're a woman. But it would, uh, kind of itchy, but not troublesome, uh, not debilitating, uh, just there. And I never was, uh, really able to figure out what it was that this was all about. Well, I uh, decided, after doing all the work on five steps to recovery and on thought forms, and after uh, working uh, out the uh, the reality that uh, my negative thought forms were being sustained by yeast infection in my body and fungus in my body, I decided it was time to uh, get serious. And so uh, Deborah uh, has been uh, mentoring and consulting with uh, a marvelous uh, intuitive medical uh individual, Kim Sear, and uh Kim recommended the Candida diet and basically said, and I believe this is true, this is the hardest thing to get rid of. Uh we're talking about in comparison to bacteria and fungi, and remember there's a lot of bacteria out there that are resistant to uh Uh, to uh, antibiotics so she uh, puts candida at the top of the list as something that's tough to get rid of I've been on candida diets before I want to say this is not the first time I've used a lot of different products and they have had some effect but not sustaining effect so I can't say that I really felt like I really got rid of all the candida So uh, uh, Deborah and I decided, okay, let's do it. Let's just see what happens. And, and again, I want to point out I wasn't doing the Candida because uh, I thought it would be connected to the rash. I didn't really know there was a connection. I've had this now for 10 years. And I didn't do the Candida uh, diet and the Candida cleanse uh, because I felt like it would help uh, the black spots on my hands and my arms. That, that's not why I did it. I was doing it because, first of all, I thought I would be able to cleanse myself of those low frequencies. I'd be able to sustain high thought frequencies, and I know when I can do that, I'll be able to manifest whatever my heart desires. So I don't wanna, I'm, I'm tired of having blockages. I'm tired of having impediments. I'm ready to go out there into the world and do what it is that I need to offer to the world. So that's the reason why I did it. Now, first before I tell you what the result has been, I've been on this uh this uh, cleanse for almost 3 weeks now. I want to tell you what I'm doing. And again, this is just what uh what Kim Sear recommended that we do. Um she and and and, and let me say I I'm, I'm sure there are other uh, candida protocols out there, and I don't doubt but that they are also effective. Uh, our consultant in this matter, the Medical Intuitive, tells us that this is the only one that works, and so we said, okay, you know, we'll uh, we'll go with that. And apparently, the reason this uh, particular product, she tells us, is uh, is effective, is because the, uh, the 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 fungus infection are so smart. When they see a threat, they mutate to the form of the threat and basically swallow it up. They become the threat and then it no longer is effective. And so uh, I always thought that uh, eating oregano or sprinkling oregano in food would be sufficient to be able to keep my candida under control. Well, that, that also doesn't work. That the candida see it coming and they mutate, defend themselves, and it basically has zero effect. So the problem is that the, uh, the, the fungi in our body are a whole lot smarter than we are, and they are able to defend themselves against, uh, uh, anything that we, we might try to do to cleanse ourselves. Now, now what Kim explains is that, uh, this particular product, and, and unfortunately apparently it, it is a patented product, um this, uh, product, uh, is able to override, uh, the, uh, natural capability of the candida to, to, to snuff out the threat. And what happens is, uh, the uh, When you take this particular uh, uh, cleansing product, apparently uh, when it gets into the body, it takes the form of the candida, so the candida or the fungi think it's the same as them, and then once it uh, it's assimilated at the cellular level and remember this is going throughout the body the, the 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 brain cells uh the the substantia negra all throughout our body is where uh the 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 the, the, uh, the, the, the fungi are lingering and hanging out. Uh, but when this particular cleanse apparently uh uh is is uh close by uh the- the fungi say, "Oh, it's just like us, come on in and then join us. we've got a great network here's your cell phone and then what happens is of course uh the product then uh takes them away it eats them up it, of course is what is what you want uh the product uh is uh it's called a period d period p period i've I've had a number of people ask me questions uh over the last week about what what I was doing specifically so that's why I'm telling you it apparently is from a company called Biotechs, b i o t i c s uh research corporation um and uh I um uh again we're we're just uh doing this on our own and um i i I would strongly recommend that if you're going to do anything like this you consult with your your healthcare provider or your doctor um, but, uh, I'm taking six of these three times a day. I think it's, uh, I'm not, uh my, my guidance, uh, my sense is that that's what my body has needed. So, um, I'm taking a lot, of that particular product. Um, I, I think Deborah said, uh, the other downside is we bought, uh, these for us to be able to take this for a six-week period of time. And I think she, for, for both of us, the expense was, I believe she said $300. So it's a bit on the pricey side, especially when you're taking six uh, these uh, uh, three times a day. Uh, I, I want everybody to know I know nothing about this uh, corporation. Uh, I haven't done any research on it. I just uh, trusted Kim Sear and have been taking it, and as I'll tell you shortly, I've been getting uh, really incredible results. Uh, the second thing you have to take with this uh, this uh, Candida Cleanse, a product that I just mentioned, is. Um, a probiotic. Now, you, obviously, you can take a probiotic that's uh, a probiotic of your choice, and many of you may already be taking probiotics that work for you. The one that works great for me that I take is called Primal Defense. It's made by a company called Garden of Life, and I've had several trusted friends who are naturopaths who uh, swear by this company and by this product, and I've certainly had good results uh, from that too. The third thing that I've been taking is for intestinal health. Again, there's a there's a you, you don't want too much of the good the good flora to be destroyed by this cleanse, and so you've got to you've got to make sure that your digestive system is maintained, the flora is the good flora is maintained. The third thing I'm taking is caprylic acid. That's C A P R Y L I C. Acid, ACID. Uh, I'm sure you can get it uh, from a number of different companies. It comes in, in sort of a gel pill, and I'm taking one of those uh, uh, with each of the uh, of the other uh, products, the Primal Defense and the ADP, three times a day. Um, this uh, this comes in 600 milligrams uh, per pill. So that's been uh, what we've done. But uh, as it turns out, that's not all. So if you thought that was enough, uh, it's not enough. As it turns out. Uh, what we learned is you also have to deal with the thought forms that are underneath uh, the candida growth. In other words, uh, the argument I'm giving you is the key to everything is uh, the thoughts. And so I have to continually address, well, what are the thoughts that I'm having that are are promoting the yeast overgrowth in my body? So um, what I also personally did was a... Um, a, a, a quantum statement for myself with regard to the fear around um, the candida, because we know that there's a there's a fear associated or that underlies the uh, the candida. Um, I also did a uh, what we call a quantum work or quantum healing uh, work on myself on uh, sugar on why it is that I crave sugar. And I also did a quantum a healing statement uh, around uh, the issue of carbohydrates because I, I love to uh, eat carbohydrates. And then another one specifically on the candida itself. So it's, it's a quantum healing work on the candida itself, quantum healing work on the fear associated with uh, the candida uh Quantum healing work on uh the sugar itself and then quantum healing on uh, the carbohydrates um so that's uh that's uh that's work uh, that's a that's basically energetic healing work uh that uh that uh, that Deborah has learned how to do and actually taught me how to do so uh, I did all of that on myself It's a way of uh converting all of the negative thought forms that we carry and releasing those and then restoring the negative thought forms with a positive thought forms that are restorative. So there are restorative uh, statements uh, that I make to myself for each of these four categories. So I'm holding the positive rather than holding the negative. So it's important in, in, in doing this particular cleanse to be able to uh, address the, the thoughts that underlie the overgrowth of this particular organism in my body. Okay, now I might have overwhelmed you at this point with everything that I'm doing. For that, I apologize. But still, there's a third component of this and so uh the third component turns out to be diet. Um, I've put myself for the last 3 weeks on a, a a a strict uh diet and by that I mean there are only certain select foods that I've allowed myself to eat. Now this is just something I'm doing myself. Uh it's not anything that was specifically recommended, but um, the fact is that if I'm going to continue to eat carbohydrates and sugars that's going to feed the, uh, the yeast and the fungi that, that is currently housed in my body, and that's not going to uh, do me any good. That means that the cleanse is not going to work. So I'm not eating any carbohydrates uh, to speak of. There are a few that slip in here and there, but not any to speak of. I'm not eating any sugars. I'm not eating any dairy. And, and the actual, uh, the, 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 the most restrictive diet is restrictive in terms of raw nuts and uh, seeds. I can eat almonds. I can eat pumpkin seeds. I can eat sunflower seeds, but I can't eat any of the other. Or, uh, nuts or seeds. I, I'm not eating any any uh, fruits, which I love, or we don't, we're not doing any juicing of fruits because uh, the, the uh, juicing of fruits ha- has a lot of sugar. And I'm also eating just uh, fresh vegetables. So the fresh veggies, of course, as is always the case, they're good for you. So the the diet... Uh, for me, because I do, uh, I do like to have a little pleasure here and there of a little sweet, at least every week. Uh, the diet for me has been a challenge, but I am, I might say, feeling a, a, a great deal better. Uh, partly because it's clear that the candida are clearing out, but also uh, because I'm eating uh, food that's uh, that's that's good for my body. Now, uh, what what are the symptoms that are being relieved for me? I mean, what's better for me? Well, one of the symptoms of candida is uh, uh, brain fog, poor memory, brain confusion. Uh, I don't have significant doses of that, but I handle a lot of detail day in and day out. It's actually very excessive, the the detail, the number of people that I talk with, their specific concerns, and then, of course, in the writing, there's a lot of... uh, Of uh, scientific detail that I have to keep in mind. Um, So, so there's a lot of detail that I'm having to juggle, and I, I, there are some days when I just can't remember what it was that I was working on the day before, specifically, you know, the details of it. Uh, But, but now, as it turns out, that poor memory, that brain fog, has lifted, and my thinking is about as clear as it's ever been since I was a teenager, since I was a young person, since I was in my PhD program. I mean, it is crystal clear. Uh, I can remember uh, things, uh, really everything that I've done, and so that's a pretty wonderful result. Depression is uh, is uh, one of the consequences of Candida. I know many people with the symptoms of Parkinson's have severe depression, and um, I have that from time to time. It kind of moves in, hangs around for sometimes a few hours, sometimes a few days. Haven't had an ounce of uh, depression since I started on the uh, the Candida uh, diet. What else has happened? Okay, here's the great excitement. Uh, This is what you've, well, maybe not what you've been waiting for, but what I've been waiting to tell you about. The great excitement for me in terms of what's happened with this Candida diet has been all of the dark spots on my arms that I thought were freckles since I was a teenager are almost gone. I mean, I, I, I can't believe it. I'm not freckly anymore. This has never happened. Uh, as many of you know, I'm, I'm 62 years old now. I, I, I look a lot younger than that. Uh, but but by Jove, uh, these, I'm looking at my arm right now. I wish I had a video camera to show you the before and after. And I've had some rather dark spots appearing on the back of my hands over the last 10 years, and those are almost now completely cleared up. And, as you can uh, well imagine, that, that rash that I described to you, that Parkinsonian symptom type of rash that I had on my legs and also on my, sh- my chest, just before I started on my cleanse, that's vanished. That, that rash is no longer on my legs. It's gone. And also the, uh, the rather severe rash that I had on my, sh- my chest is, is also gone. I have a few scars from that, but uh, basically that's uh, cleared up completely. So let me stretch this a bit uh, to a couple of other arguments. Um, One of the symptoms of Parkinson's is excessive sweating. We've had a number of clients that we've worked with who've had that particular symptom. I'm now seeing uh, excessive sweating as the body's way of attempting to get rid of the fungus uh, that's lingering. A lot of that, of course, is just around the skin. That certainly was the case for me. Uh, Many people have problems with excessive salivation. Again, I think there it is. That's the body's natural response. Okay, we there's something in here that's interfering with our ability to balance out hormones and it's these little fungi critters that are all over the place. And again, remember I I am using the word Candida as a broad word to cover 85 or 90 different very specific um critters that are fungi that just hang around in our body, stick in there, colonize with their cell phones and uh, do uh... devilish damage to every part of our bodies um, one of the uh, uh... connections between candida or yeast infections and and feelings is anxiety attacks it's been reported in the literature that there are significant ex- anxiety attacks uh, among people who have significant uh, candida there's also reported in the literature a feeling of uh, of uh, uh, something as bad is about to happen in other words that 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 constant tension that things are just not right. These are concerns I have heard expressed by many individuals i've interviewed with the symptoms of parkinson's for the Pioneers of recovery project which which i'm now into the uh, the, uh, the, the the second phase of that that the first has already been released just a few months ago so excessive sweating uh, so, so saliva secretions uh, significant depression brain fog, um, anxiety attacks, uh, fear, being uh, constantly suspended in in a state of uh, anxiety, all of these are directly connected to uh, the symptoms of uh, of, of the, uh, the presence of candida and of course constipation is a big issue and that again is candida at its best that's exactly what candida does it rubs out the good flora and it takes over and you betcha you're going to have constipation so what's causing it well how about uh, an overgrowth of yeast in the intestinal tract so i'm suggesting that there are a number of symptoms including rashes that have been known to be identified with individuals with parkinson's throughout the body So, I want to say my experience with this has been um, totally exciting. I don't know whether you can feel that or sense that in the way I'm describing it here in the present moment, but uh, it's been exciting to me to have uh, these symptoms now for my entire life. I've I've gone into periods of low energy. I typically have high energy, but there'll be days when I just don't seem to be able to accomplish much. That's vanished. the uh, the dark spots are gone, the rash is gone, the fuzzy thinking is gone, the depression is no longer present. Um, It looks to me like, then, from my own personal experience with doing a cleanse, it has made a huge, huge difference. Now, remember, this is my own personal experience. Uh, I haven't been diagnosed with Parkinson's. I, I don't have many of the symptoms of Parkinson's, though I might say to everyone that there are so many symptoms of Parkinson's. The list is now over 100 um, I think everybody in a body has some of the symptoms of Parkinson's. I mean, it's such a what we call a garbage can diagnosis that uh, that, uh, that that some of the symptoms that I experience, for example, depression and brain fog, those are symptoms of Parkinson's. So, in, in, in part, uh, I do share with many individuals who have the actual diagnosis. I do share some of the symptoms of Parkinson's. So. The fact is that, uh, as I I hope you can tell from from my language and how I am talking, that I am very optimistic about what's happening um, for me and to my own uh, personal uh, healing program. Okay, Uh, I want to now uh, play for you uh, another uh, meditation that I recorded um, that is a meditation about um, recovering and about uh, making, uh, if I could, a statement that would simply be, I am recovering. So here it is. Go back Stay on track. Go back to the last few hours of your day today and remember a negative thought that you had, whatever it might be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a huge negative judgment, just a negative thought. Remember it now. Remember the substance. Remember the content, however silly it might be. I've invited you to remember it in your head. Now, remember that negative thought in your body. What does your body feel like? How heavy is your body as you rethink that negative thought? How sluggish do you feel? How slow and lethargic are you feeling as you think this negative thought? Shift now and think about a positive thought that you've had over the last several hours, whatever it might be, however inconsequential. A positive thought. Remember the substance. Remember the content. Something that happened recently, so it's very vivid in your memory. Holding that thought, I ask you now, how does your body feel? How light is your body? What is the feeling? Compare the energy between the two. Contrast what it feels like holding the positive thought with what it feels like holding the negative thought. The two have dramatically different frequencies and different energetic charges. The positive thought form can take you anywhere your heart desires, the negative thought form will take you to the cellar, and to the sewer. The negative thought form has low energy and low frequency and little energetic charge. There's a huge difference between the two. You'll get a whole lot more bang for the buck with the positive thought form than you do with the negative. Acknowledge today in your body As you think about the difference between the two thoughts of the huge difference in the energetic charge that is associated with each thought form. And that concludes that very brief uh, meditation one of 34 in the 5 steps to recovery series. If you want more information about all of those meditations, you can just go to the website 5steps com. There's a lot of information there about uh, what what that what that particular uh, series of meditations are about and how you can acquire them. I I want to be clear that the reason for the candida diet then is to be able to uh, be in a positive frame, to have those positive thought forms moment to moment, and that's what is going to be conducive to uh, healing anything. And what I want to now do is something that's uh, totally exciting for me as well. I interviewed a, a woman, Cynthia Gilbertson, who's from Brooklyn, New York, last week, uh, who maintains an extremely active lifestyle, She's a, a full-time social worker, and uh, the couple of days before I interviewed her, she walked around the park three-and-a-half miles without any difficulty whatsoever. Uh, Cynthia has also had Parkinson's for 22 years. She's quite a remarkable individual. Uh, she's the author of Sicily the Cell, and is also the convener of an alternative conference in New York City several years ago on alternative approaches for being able to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson, so she's quite an amazing pioneer of, of pioneers. And what I want to do is to um, is to play for you now uh, a segment of the interview that I had for her. And most importantly, I'd like for you to be particularly attentive to her thought forms um, and how careful she is about who she's around, what people she's around and how she nurtures herself in terms of her own ability to maintain that positive frame of reference. So this is uh, uh, an interview, a segment of an interview that I had with Cynthia Gilbertson from Brooklyn, New York, a person who's doing quite well, thank you very much, uh, who's had Parkinson's for 22 years. So of the many different kinds of of, uh, treatments and supplements that you take, is there any activity or anything you do for yourself that floats to the top of the list as something that's a must, that's something that you know makes you feel a lot better?
1: No, the exercise program really is a must. That's, um, that I, I Ironically, I've been um, trying to try and explain to people that exercise only does so much when it comes to Parkinson's. If you still have the disease, it's not going to is is going to make you stronger or more more uh flexible or more lung capacity but it's not going to cure the disease but um it has a far larger impact than that it also um takes care of your emotional um your emotional depression you know it like counteracts like that and um So I think every exercise is is critical, number one, and it's accessible to people. People can do it in their own home by themselves. They don't have to invest a lot of money. It's like something that's really accessible to everyone.
0: Can you explain in some detail what your exercise program is all about?
1: Oh, yes. Well, the exercise program was started by the Brooklyn Parkinson's Group by a gentleman named Cal Neeson, who also has Parkinson's for a number of years, and he... We in exercise, and he um uh spoke to the Brooklyn parkinson's group in a local university and they set up a program in their wellness center. We have access to weight machines we have access to um floor space and aerobics equipment and so we do uh, some um, about 30, about minutes of aerobics and 30, 35 minutes of weight weight training and uh, it's twice a week. It just—it's really helped me a lot. It helped my improve my posture, my balance, and my stamina, and that's why um, this walk I was able to do around Prospect park, park three and a half miles. Yeah,
0: pretty amazing. Yeah,
1: you know, i i left, it was really—I um, was impressed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you uh, tend to walk every day too? I try. Now, today. I had problems because of my medicine. Well, this was not co- cooperating. It went off, and I have hay fever, and allergies were, you know, the trees are deciding to pollinate at this moment, which is very inopportune, but I guess they have to do it. <laughs> I
0: guess so. We yeah. do happen to live in that part of the world where this happens at this mm-hmm. particular time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you attend uh, regularly a support group?
1: Um, not really. I have um book I'm group people are um, supportive of the one another I, I found I had a problem because when I was first diagnosed I went to support groups looking for support people were only interested in medications and drugs and how much of, of this pill were they taking how much of that pill and I was trying to deal with the um, condition without resorting to use of medications if it were possible I still try to keep it at a minimum but um, you know so i i didn't i didn't really connect um, i i went I, I, there was i met a few people but it just didn't work for me now i have in um unofficial support groups some of us play Scrabble together oh uh people <laughs> who have symptoms or that i don't have Parkinson's we we go we do one friend has a garden we do her work in her garden a little bit when she has a boat we go out on the boat. We do, um, lately, we, after class, we go out to eat. A bunch of us, we were going to see free concerts in the park together. So, there's a lot of activities around New York in the summertime. There.
0: Oh, my. It's very there's clear. We it, it's very clear to those there's of us listening.
1: DB Snow, um, Richie Haven for free. Um, so, really, a lot of fun and. And people. You no, know, it's nice to go with a Parkinson's buddy because if you have any trouble walking, they're not gonna be um, patient with you.
0: Right.
1: And vice versa, you can understand what they're going through, so you can be supportive and helpful.
0: By uh, explanations of all of your uh, fascinating and enriching uh, life activities uh, here, hmm. just recently. Um, it sounds like you're living a very full life. How has park, the symptoms of Parkinson's affected your life? If you think about your life before 22 or 23 years ago, and your life now, is there a difference? And if so, how?
1: Well, there's a big difference. For one, my partner couldn't. Uh, my partner of the 15 years couldn't really deal with the illness. So. Well, he didn't. He didn't admit, acknowledge that. He just. He felt, um, he wanted to, how he put it was, he wanted, to, he couldn't imagine life without dancing, and so, um, that's, that sounds superficial, but it's not, it's just his way of expressing his fear about getting entrapped in the disease, you know, with me, and he couldn't face it, so, by he left me, and, um, but the other thing is, I've met some wonderful people by having Parkinson's. So there's always a double side to every sort. I don't know why it was. Okay.
0: You mentioned uh, the people who are helping, uh, in particular acupuncturist Dr. Paneri, uh, who uh, is actually from India.
1: Right. And
0: uh, that I guess you're connected to a neurologist mm-hmm. in New York as well, yeah. who helps with the medications.
1: Well, he also does more than that, doctor. Dr. Uh, Alexander Durocco, and he is supportive of wellness as a concept. He, he started a um, wellness center program um, outside of the hospital in a, a Jewish community center, the JCC of Manhattan and he he had set up a series of Sunday workshops for uh, the last one for example was on music and the role of music and, and um Helping to not necessarily cure the Parkinson's, but help helping to um helping to live more effectively with the symptoms and not let them overtake you so um and they had exercise and dance classes as uh, at the workshops and he also has a series of classes on a NEA class and I think it's a um Alexander Technique classes. I don't remember all the classes he has, but he has like four or five classes. Yeah. Um, so he's more than just a doctor. He really, he really is supportive of my perspective on handling my disease, and he's um, so proud of what I've accomplished. And he asked me to speak at one of the Sunday series, which I did. How so done. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's it's really really. It's, uh, I had other. I had one other doctor who told me if I didn't do exactly what he told me and take the medicine that he wanted me to take before I was ready, he was not going to treat me. He couldn't treat me, and so this doctor is different. He so really, you found somebody else. <laughs> right. Now, could okay. you could you tell
0: us again the name of this wonderful doctor?
1: i uh, Alexander Dr. Duraco.
0: Duraco, D-U-R-A-C-O.
1: D-D-I-R. Uh, OCCO.
0: And he's a medical doctor?
1: Yes, he's a neurologist. He's a chief a neurologist um, at NYU Medical Center who's in charge of um, Movement Disorder Center.
0: Well, you would certainly recommend anybody in the uh, New York City area who uh, is interested in getting some uh, wonderful medical support uh, might want to contact him <laughs> and see yeah, it's see it's, about it's, all his programs.
1: Yeah, he, he just, he's just a uh, so overwhelmed now. He has so many people want him as a pet, wants to be his patient. He doesn't have as much, much room available, but uh, yes, the programs are certainly worth pursuing.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, Cynthia is one of the individuals. Uh, I'm back live uh, in the uh, Pioneers of Recovery series. Uh, and uh, she truly is a pioneer. She's an individual who's experimented with a large number of different approaches and therapies and reports on what's uh, been of great value and help to her over her 22 years experience with uh, experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. It's quite She's quite an amazing individual, to be sure. I now uh, want to uh, suggest uh, that uh, one approach can be to think outside the box, which is what I've done today and to suggest that um, what can be extremely helpful is to think of other possibilities. The possibility that I've recommended today is clearly candida cleanses and uh, taking those cleanses seriously as a possibility for giving you uh, significant relief and that that's important not only for the physical present reasons it's creating symptoms, but also because it's promulgating and supporting and nurturing negative thoughts that are holding back the recovery process as well. I have come to believe that that's one of the reasons why the recovery process for Parkinson's is so slow, is that those thought forms are not being transformed quickly. Uh, But I believe it it is possible to transform them quickly uh, through these uh, kinds of cleanses and also through the quantum healing work that we've been doing and so uh, I'm enthusiastic. Uh, about being able to uh, document uh, the recovery of many thousands of individuals who currently have the symptoms of Parkinson's. Uh, So I believe it's important to think outside the box. I have a last, a final, brief meditation I want to play for you. Uh, It pertains to the fifth step of recovery, which is the importance of persistence. Bring to consciousness again today the intention that you have been working on coupled with listening to these recordings and these CDs. Bring it to mind, and I strongly suspect it's a wish that you would like to see fulfilled. It's a wish that you are focusing on and materializing. You are staying on track because you're still with it, and you have the faith that something will, in fact, happen with this wish. Bring it to mind, for this is what we will work with today, and as you work with this, identify what problems or obstacles you have confronted in moving through this most sacred desire. If it's new, you may not have encountered them, so you'll have to imagine what those obstacles might be. What are they? What have been the problems? What have you tried? Remember what they are. Acknowledge your efforts. With the intent of feeling better, it could be you've tried many therapies, many approaches, many avenues. You've talked to many people. You may have been spending quite a few years on this. Acknowledge that. Now, I invite you to ask another question. That question is, what am I missing? What possibilities have I not considered? I must have been digging a hole in the wrong backyard. Go to another backyard. Start digging another hole. Start looking in another place. There has to be an answer out there for you somewhere. Talk to new people. Investigate literature you haven't seen before. There are countless options and opportunities out there in the world. Why limit yourself? Investigate. Research. Persist. If the hole you're digging in your neighbor's yard is also not yielding any beneficial results, go elsewhere. Look elsewhere. Persist. Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep investigating. Keep experimenting. Keep trying out possibilities. There is an answer for you. Give up only over your dead body. It will happen. It will happen. Persistence will pay off. It will happen for you. It will.